0: Hello my Conscious Soul, this is Jay Wayne. Welcome to the Conscious Chess Podcast, where we bring inspiring individuals living purposeful lives in the hope of inspiring you to be your best authentic self. This is episode number 29 with Chabel Zeta. He's a mindful and conscious founder to the call. Chabelle has been on a career journey that spans food, fashion, tech, design, and education. After a successful exit from his last company, he's gone ahead and created a new company that bridges purpose, food, unique content, and emerging technology. In this episode, we discuss how to cultivate entrepreneurial mindset, the steps to take in getting involved, collecting NFTs, and many more. Here's my interview with Chabelle. Thank Please. you for being on the show, Chabelle. Um, normally, I'll start off with your personal history, who you are, where you grew up, and what were your early years were like to start up the show.
1: Yeah, okay, awesome. So my history, my personal history, I was born in Sydney. My parents um, uh, are both uh, Lebanese uh, background, so they mm-hmm. migrated here. Well, dad first came out here in 1959, went back to Lebanon, married mom, and then they both came out here in 1963, so I'm um, grateful we are still alive and still together, um, and so I was born in Sydney. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, it's funny, um, uh, in, uh, most of my, pe- my siblings were all born close to where we grew up, which is northwest, you know, mm-hmm. out of Penn Hills, um, and I was born in Camperdown, you know, funny because mm-hmm. mum had my yeah. complications yeah. <laughs> with, my, with, my, uh, with the pregnancy, so uh, I was the only one. In the city, and of course, I ended up living in the city from uh, when I was young. Like, I always felt that I needed to get out of the woods. So, I grew up, yeah, Penn Hill was a pretty, yeah, you know, pretty quiet, pretty conservative mm-hmm. background, super, super, super shy. I was so, um, uh, such a shy kid and, um, used to be really terrified when people would speak with me. Uh, wow. Um, and I would literally cry sometimes if I felt, um, wow. uh, put on the spot. Um, and uh, so that, that's very different for me now, <laughs> mm-hmm. very different for me now. Um, but but it was good, you know. It was a, a really kind of safe and um, mm-hmm. and somewhat interesting, but not not that interesting, really. We lived close to nature, so I used to explore quite a lot and mm-hmm. spend a lot of time on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and because um, we lived really uh, close to bushland, so I spent a lot of time on my own ah. just exploring. And um, yeah. you know, I went to school in the area, and then uh, you know, dabbled in a lot of careers when I was. Uh, in my 20s, so studying mm-hmm. hotel catering management. I lasted two weeks in the hotel because I, <laughs> I hated the hierarchy, the oh. structure, the uh, just the, the tedium, and um, the uniforms were all made of mm-hmm. polyester, which doesn't, <laughs> doesn't <succeed laughs> with me. so. My first, my first venture was actually a deli in Glebe in Sydney.
0: Oh, wow! Um,
1: and that was, I was probably, I hadn't quite turned 21 yet, so that was the first one. And I was dragged kicking screaming to keep the screen and do some venture with uh. A friend of mine from college, when we studied uh, hotel and catering management,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it was this really rundown, shabby place that nobody looked after. So we mm-hmm. took it on and turned it into. um This was before food was a thing in Sydney, so wow. um, so literally just turned turned it into this thriving deli where people would come from all the city. Oh my
2: god! Yeah, in, amazing. Um, and
1: buy, mm, and and it was funny because one of the. That point, we became the biggest sellers of mint chocolate in the Southern Hemisphere,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: which was hilarious because this tiny deli and greed, um, and we cottoned onto this chocolate that was just had startups are being ported, um, uh-huh. and DJ's cottoned on, David Jones cottoned onto it for uh, about six months afterwards. So they started stocking it, and of course they had bigger reach than we did, but but that was a really interesting highlight. You know, I used to go around and um, meet different cheese providers and Amazing. find out a lot of stories about the farms. So so it, it was funny because that was the first, looking back at it, that was the first um, sort of hint about education, that mm-hmm. I value telling stories, you know, just telling stories through my product. Um, and that that was uh, sort of the beginning of a, about almost a 10-year, no, not quite 10 years probably, yeah, almost 10 years creating um, in different sort of food ventures some went well, most went really badly. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, it's I always like that hit or miss, right?
0: <laughs> like you just have to keep trying <laughs> yeah. and one of them is... Uh...
1: <laughs> totally, totally. And it was it was just one of those um, uh, careers. I, I kind of got to a point where in my late late 20s mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I started to, I was kind of, didn't even, had never really played with computers, but a friend of mine was a graphic designer and they just don't hang out. It was kind of curious. To see what what he was doing, so I would just kind of watched, and I ended up buying a computer, and I started copying things that he was doing. Before mm-hmm. I knew it, I started, you know, I basically bullshit my way into design. Um, I mm-hmm. literally lied uh, my way into design. So I bought a computer, was terrified of it, and I started just designing. Um, mm-hmm. It was really terrible. Then, but this thing called the internet, yeah, yeah, started to surface, and um, and literally to access the internet, there was like three or four places in Sydney that you go to a cafe and. Um, wow. Yeah, just,
2: okay. You, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, the dial you know, the dial up the dial up mode. you you look too young to remember what a dial up mode is. Mm-hmm.
0: So, <laughs> I remember Yeah.
1: Um, but how <laughs> you do remember. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I remember. So, don't, so, don't,
0: don't, uh, don't dial up. So, yeah.
1: Literally. Uh, all right, all right, yeah. So um so literally that that experience of jumping to internet, it was like I'd entered a an entirely new um reality. And it mm-hmm. was it was so phenomenal because At that point, it was, you know, what we call now Web 1, which is Web 1.0, which is all that information. Mm -hmm. Um, But I could see some really cool stuff. And there was this really interesting thing that was going on is that um, the reason I got into the internet Mm was that because I could learn, I didn't learn how to code. I Literally, people were so generous with how they coded that um, I was able to learn bits and pieces of really basic code through um, through copying other people's work. Uh And I've got a job. Got a job as a as a web designer. And that was that wow. was a cool job. <laughs> that was. So uh, you learn how to do that, CSS and
0: everything, coding like
1: basic. That came. That well, see, CSS wasn't even reality back then. So oh, this wow. was like 1997. So I'm giving yeah. away my age. Yeah, yeah so, wow. So well, I'm kind of kind of giving away my age. So 97 was the beginning of it, um, and then mm-hmm. that literally become a massive um whirlwind of career opportunities. So you know I got a job at news that I designed the first news.com site. Um, mm-hmm. Then um, I was I was so up myself. I thought, yeah, I've got this, I know, I know everything. So I went for a job with another yeah, American yeah. um e-commerce consultancy thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 awesome. Um <laughs> and then they said uh they said look we're not gonna hire you as a singer. I went through five interviews and they
2: Wow. So we're not going to hire
1: you as a, uh, as a senior. I was positioning myself as a senior designer. Mm-hmm. And this was like six months experience, right? Yes. Yeah, but um, you're going to have to push we, your um, way
0: through like these days, right? It's like <laughs> to totally. get to that So level, com- yeah.
1: confidence is part of it. It's yeah. an attitude is a lot part, another part. But then they said, like, no, we're not going to hire you, but we'd love to hire you as an information architect. And they said, would Ooh. you be interested? And I said, wow. yes, I would love that. And I said, what is it? Um, and I literally took a job on um, just because of the title, and then they sent me to the states for a month to train um, with some people who uh, from the agents uh, from the company over there. Um, and literally, that that was the beginning of this incredibly interesting career of um, uh, information architecture, which mm-hmm. then morphed into what we call now user experience design. Mm-hmm. So, information architecture is all about structuring information, yeah, um, yeah. You know, uh, uh, designing. Uh, the, same, the sort of easier experiences for, uh, for users. Um, and then that, that literally became a career uh, for me wow. um, up, up until about 2015 when I wanted to, and I worked, I worked a lot in a lot of places, different, you know, UK, mm-hmm. Singapore, for a bit, um, had clients from around the world. I did uh, mm-hmm. some pretty big high-profile stuff. Um, and it got boring after a while because I became a freelancer. and yeah. was um, yeah. was freelancing; it's it's really it's a great thing to do. But I just was doing the same old thing. I became the fix-it guy whenever things were crap. That was the guy I'd come in and have to fix things. Consultant
2: setup, sort of, maybe? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So and that, that yeah. got that got a little bit um, tedious. So, so at that point was when I um, uh, had a bit of a moment that I just wanted to do something to uh, sign off my career and because that and. And interestingly, what happens, I taught a course at um, a different school in UX design mm-hmm. and something happened where I literally fell in love with um, my career again. Um, wow. And it wasn't because of the career itself, it's because of what, what education did for people, mm-hmm. how I was able to um, shift. The interesting bit was, and I found this out later, was um, uh, something different I'll get to in a second, but, uh, but it literally reignited my passion for for my career and for teaching. So I started an agency and I thought, bugger I'm going to do an agency and a school, which, you know, of course that makes no sense for most people. Um, and I did it. And so the school started wow. to grow, et cetera, et cetera. And at a certain point it got, a, it became a lot. So I took on co in the agency, took on partners in the, um, no, co in Academy XI. I took on partners in uh, Dolberta, which was my agency. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of, I won't go into too much depth, but the interesting bit around the education was one of the students who was a, a woman in her late 50s. Um,
2: 50, she she came wow. In to
1: learn, mm, yeah, yeah, and she, she, she was really, really good. Um, uh-huh. And she came in and uh, at the end of the course, she said, I came in expecting to learn skills. Uh-huh. And what I end up getting was skills and life skills. So, wow. um, so and that was the thing I loved about the education is because, and you would know this through UX, it's uh-huh. all about inquiry. Mm-hmm. And you've got a, you've got a. If you're going to be a good practitioner, you're going to be good at um, external inquiry as well as internal inquiry, mm-hmm. um, because uh, you know, and that that's that was the thing for me that um, really really wrapped up what um, teaching meant for me is that mm-hmm. you know if you come at a place where where you're willing to be um uh not right, which is UX. Yeah, that's what to, said, I mean, was saying. There's no answer. It? You don't have mm-hmm. the answer. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you if you if you're willing to go through this period of, of doubt, self-doubt, um, as you navigate through the tension of trying to solve a problem where mm-hmm. there is no answer <laughs> straight up, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, then um that that translates really well into teaching. You know, because the best the best UXs I've met are the people who um uh, every time they approach a project, they dispense all knowledge and then they start again, um, mm-hmm. you know, so there's a vulnerability in it. Yeah, so yeah, that's what i yeah. So doing. That, and that's, that that's, that was kind of my history up until now. So I sold uh, my share of the school in uh, what well, was literally two years and one month ago. That's when mm-hmm. I stopped being a mm-hmm. shareholder. So, yeah, and and here I am now. <laughs>
0: oh, so um, you mentioned earlier that you used to be quite shy before and you weren't able to speak in public. how how were you able to manage to overcome all of that
1: um there's there's i guess there's still an element of shyness in this and you know it's a, it's a bit of a cliche i'm an introverted extrovert mm-hmm. um which is you know it's a sense that you're in that category as well
2: yeah um, yeah
1: <laughs> you know where uh <laughs> where where my shyness um uh it's an interesting thing i'm really good with that one-on-ones um uh, good in uh, tiny groups of three or four. I'm not mm-hmm. very good in groups of 10 or 12. I can t- yeah, tend to get can. myself really busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I get really good when I'm in front of hundreds of people. So um, teaching was the thing that was uh, um, I kind of always put myself in the background and hid a little bit. Mm-hmm. And with teaching, you can't, you can't hide as a teacher. You, you just can't. So um, I got invited to the speaking gig and I was so terrified Um I remember walking down to this um, presentation and it was about uh, UX for startups and oh, wow. um, it was yeah. down at Customs House in Sydney. And I remember walking because I was living in the inner city at that point and I was walking down there and, and it was a warm day. It wasn't that hot, but I was mm-hmm. sweating like crazy. My heart was racing. I was in so much panic and I got up and did the talk and mm-hmm. I thought well, it was really shit, um, but apparently it wasn't. <laughs> so yeah, was amazing. But, yeah. Yeah. So apparently, yeah. So there's this thing about self-perception and what other people see. Um, and I guess the the thing that became apparent is that, and it's similar to getting a job when I didn't really know anything. Is that mm. if you've got something to offer, that the other person, um, there's a gap, or you can uh, give it as a gift to somebody to to give them a bit of knowledge or a bit of an insight mm-hmm. or something. Um, there's uh, you have an audience, you know. Yeah. Um, and and the, the People are so generous with their um, attention and their willingness to um, to just learn
2: because mm. you know, there's,
1: there's a real generosity in that in yeah. people wanting to learn. So I, I, I found real strength in being able to tell stories in a, re, in a real way. Um, yeah. uh, and that, that's where that was the thing that broke for me, that broke mm. back that little needing to hide all the time
0: yeah how are we able because you you were mentioning earlier that how important is confidence right so for people mm. who doesn't have confidence like do you have any advice on like how to build up the confidence like is it like fake until you mm. make it or how how are we able to back it up with that say you're having confidence but then in order to have the competent like how what are the steps to take to like back that up
1: yeah to me the biggest thing is probably preparation um, because if, if it, and I can only use sort of teaching and public speaking as um, uh, anything that exposes you to a large group of people who don't know you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, anything to do with preparation is is key. Because when I started that course, remember the first course that I taught for what became a competitor, mm-hmm. my first three weeks were, were awful because I wasn't prepared. I just sort of showed up oh. and was kind of like reading the slides an hour before, but then when uh, I got better at it, and then when I started my school, I would literally, every, I would not do anything on Friday night because I was only teaching on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would stop working at 4 o'clock on a Friday. Um, I would uh, uh, read through everything that I was or plan what I was going to do the next day, wow. have some dinner, and then I would work until whatever time it took to finish the content to make sure that I was um, so connected with the content and with mm-hmm. where the students were. Um, that I was able to uh, get in front of them and stand up, and I was always, always nervous, like I would always break into a sweat. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that was, and even today, I, was, I guess I would still um, uh, break into a bit of a sweat. And mm-hmm. um, especially if there's a lot of unknowns because with you, there's already a known. You know, Malcolm's uh, had an experience with you, and it was a really yeah. positive yeah. experience. So, that mm-hmm. right away uh, uh, gets me more centered.
0: Yeah, okay, yeah, you, put you a sense of ease uh, a bit more.
1: So I, yeah, 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 so there's a bit of anxiety that stems through that. But but again, it comes down to, I had to do a, a session yesterday with all these strangers. I have no idea where they are in the world. Oh. It's all through Discord. Um, I didn't know what sort of mm-hmm. questions they were going to answer, but I spent all day Sunday writing a 28-page document explaining wow. this entire world yeah. of what um, what I've been working on for the last two mm-hmm. years. Um, and any question that came at me, I was, I was so able to answer it mm-hmm. um, and that that's literally to do with preparation so I didn't know my audience because it's really hard to know them when they're mm-hmm. largely okay. anonymous
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but but at least I know what I'm working on and why I'm working on it yeah. and so so I guess that that's the biggest thing with um, preparation and if it's if it's a practice thing as well some people get a lot of comfort in practicing over and over again I find mm-hmm. that really distracting uh, because okay. it kind of it can be, it become a bit mechanical and rigid sometimes mm-hmm. and it doesn't um allow for any sort of spontaneity being um any external input so if a student throws yeah. a question yeah. that you says i don't get it um to be over rehearsed is mm-hmm. uh, it's not a tv show you know what i mean so it's not yeah like, <laughs> that's right because so, um,
0: otherwise you know how so, sometimes when you tend to like rehearse a lot as well because you're constantly thinking that so you want to repeat the same thing but then sometimes you kind of like got stuck in that situation you're like you can't think of it and you go through like you go through your mind your brain freeze and then then it's like like it doesn't flow anymore
1: yeah 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 absolutely and that that, that's what i would always find used to have um my my former co-founder, oops, somebody (laughs) who has to know i shouldn't shouldn't say that um (laughs) would just like rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and it made no difference because, yeah. um, again, because I've noticed that if there was too much rehearsal, it is that, you know, allowing for any sort of magic inputs from the outside to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's great to be able to sort of go on tangents because mm. if, you, if you're rehearsing the stuff too much, yeah, uh, that's what I find. If yeah. you're rehearsing yeah. too much, it, it doesn't allow for the tangents. Yeah, like, that's like right. Yeah. That's most of my conversations are uh, tangential. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you are now the co-founder of All Saints. So could you explain what All Saints is about and the hurdles you went through building that brand?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um it's been an interesting one because I, um, when I left uh, Academy of Science and souls I um, had a bit of, quite a bit of time on my hands. So I did a lot of um, introspection again, trying to you know, work out what, what's me in the next I also, there's this certain sort version of, of me, and I was lucky that I was able to, to just take a few months off and um and uh ponder. And so, mm. um, the things that were for me, it's always like, what problem am I going to solve? Like, I never come at things from where's the money opportunity. It's like, oh wow, yeah,
0: yeah. What,
1: what is it? Have you heard of the concept of ikigai, the Japanese concept of ikigai? Oh, uh,
0: could you explain it to me? You know, it's, yeah,
1: it's uh, Oh, my God. So I'll, I'll send you a link later. Remind yeah, me. please. But there's these four, essentially it's four overarching quadrants. It's like what What do you love to do? What are you good at? What does the world need? And what can you be paid for? So, so that, that's, and, and that's simplifying it because it's quite a beautiful model, but it's simplifying into four key things that you've got to ask yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And when, when you address those four things, so you know, what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs and what you can be paid for, um, that becomes the the crux for living a purposeful life you know? so yeah. um, so for me it was um what the world needed at that point was um there's been a lot of drama you would have seen this through social media through mm-hmm. through uh media itself has got a lot to answer for there's a lot of chaos and there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of damage that we're doing and mm-hmm. largely um uh, unfortunately we've got leadership in the world whether it's corporate or government that isn't addressing the big issues. So mm-hmm. human issues and environmental issues. And so I was um, reading a lot about the environment and I started to get really upset about what was going uh, on. Yeah. Um, so I thought, Barbara, I'm going to do something to do with helping um, environment. So mm-hmm. uh, because I have a food background as well, I, uh, yeah, I had yep. a cafe uh, which in 2009, I think um, it was one of Time Out's top five cafes in Sydney. And so, we were really well known for the granola that I used to make, um, and so I, I thought I'd match granola with uh, the breakfast. Yeah, breakfast cereals with really good design, mm-hmm. um, and that's where alt saints as a brand. And there's a whole lot more to it, but that will take me about an hour to explain. <laughs> but at, a, at a surface level, alt saints is all these alternative saints. So I use my Catholic background um, mm. to draw on st- patron saints for different parts of. Yeah, you because know, the pa- Catholics have a lot of patron saints for different things. So um, I started off with St. Frankie, who's a patron, basically Francis of Assisi, who's a patron saint of animals. So there's a lot of those sort of saints who've got environmental focuses. Mm -hmm. And so that's Mm -hmm. old saints, alternative saints. So so I started working on it. I was running my agency and realised that this was far more where I needed to be. Um, You know, we didn't need another agency doing uh, web and helping um, design gorgeous buttons and all that sort of stuff. So Mm -hmm. um, I literally put everything into it and started working on it uh, full-time around about ju- June, July last year. Wow. Um, and so um, that was like redeveloping my recipes, um, going into a big design process um, and trying to work out what what was the brand, how would I get the message in a way that mm-hmm. felt more real. So it, mm. it's has So you see my little packages within here. Um, but uh, but it's, every package has got an animal on it with a number above mm-hmm. it. And that number tells tells you how many animals and you have a shop as well
0: it's
1: open to public yeah no 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 i decided to i've decided to pivot from that and i'll tell you about that in a sec so yeah so i started you know um and the challenges have been you know uh covid as you Mm -hmm. most people have experienced the challenge related to covid um also i went really wide at the beginning so rather than focusing on a single thing a single product i went quite wide which is um, it's a gorgeous, fluffy idea, yeah, but it's not the smartest thing to do mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of uh, where, where you put your focus. So, so I quickly sort of narrowed focus and um, probably hired a bit too quickly. No, in fact, I know I hired quickly. So so those are the sort of challenges. So I raised some money and that was good, got a lot of interest, um, and, and there was a whole lot of things that I didn't anticipate, like supply chain challenges um supply chain challenges which is mm-hmm. the industry itself is so archaic you know it's yeah. coming from digital where things just happen so quickly when it comes to do with digital even if mm-hmm. it's really slow at least yeah, every, right. every week there's progress in this game i didn't anticipate the pace at which people work and i didn't anticipate how much work there is required to get to a step so so that one the biggest challenges is, um, is entering an industry that I um, had some experience in but not at a level of mass production. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and also the ambition was to go um, uh, wide and not, yes, to so go wide but also go um, national, you know, which mm-hmm. means uh, going for second tier and first tier supermarkets, which I actually think is a good strategy and it will come to light next year and um, we've got a few Amazing. things going on. But, but it's been tough. Like it's mm-hmm. been really, really tough, emotionally tough, um, uh, and but the positioning of it was always because I've spent more than two years doing amazing amounts of content around endangered animals, rainforests, and insects. Wow! Um, and you know, so these these animals that have got, yeah, you know, had, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I've got about, yeah, about four hundred um, animals already designed. Mm-hmm. Got about a thousand animals profile. Um, launched a dinosaur brand uh, which is for kids, and that's like. In, Got about 100 dinosaurs already designed mm-hmm. in this really gorgeous isometric gaming gaming format. Mm-hmm. So, um, what what the positioning was from the beginning, and this is how I saw it was food content technology,
2: mm. and so that
1: led to what we were speaking about before around the NFTs. Because somebody sent me an article last week, actually an investor who I'm actually working with now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, he said, "You really you're not seeing how big this is going to become." Um, he yes. loves it, um, and because of the environment, the commitment. Um, uh, so, so I positioned it through content, tech, tech being gaming and um, mm-hmm. and NFTs. So, so the power of it has been um, even through the challenges. There's been other stuff to do. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, so uh, when we had the last lockdown, that was a massive blow from a physical product perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, it um, fast forwarded a whole lot of stuff that I thought we would do next year Mm -hmm. Uh, because I've been leading with food. Like I've been leading the brand with food.
2: Yeah, Um, okay. And
1: um, I'm going through an almighty pivot, which has been probably the hardest thing I've done in my entire life Mm -hmm. Um, emotionally and the amount of effort and learning required because I've learned, what I've learned in less than four months is um, I'm I'm still kind of spinning from how much there is to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that this new emerging tech space, um, but also being able to um sort of refocus and sit through so much tension of, of um, you know, there's business tension, the shareholder tension, all that sort of stuff. I've, oops, sorry. I've literally got to um uh, sit in that space of tension for so mm-hmm. long, <laughs> and that's what's hard. It's not just the physical work or the mental work that you've got to do, it's the the um, that work that you for me that I have to be able to um, retain my vision and my core strength mm, around yeah. where, where I see this going. Um, and you know, I said to somebody yesterday, I said, look, I know intuition and instinct aren't widely accepted business plans, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: my intuition and instinct on this is really, really sharp. And I know where... Where, where i can take this
0: in terms of you mentioning like yeah. the incident, like how can we cultivate that instinct you know because we all have mm. the intuition and a lot of people don't practice it enough
1: yeah it's um for me what mine is about having as clear a mind as you can mm-hmm. um I, I exercise every morning i'll do mostly i'll exercise on my own a couple of days a week i'll, I'll train with somebody mm-hmm. um, i'm lucky that we live where we're short walk to the coast so mm-hmm we're lucky that we can just walk and breathe so having time out is so so important and mm-hmm. time out without technology and that's the really without technology solo time out um, yeah 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 so sitting even if it's going for a walk along the coast or sitting in a park or um just literally sitting which is for me you know i don't do enough meditation where i sit and focus my meditation but as i walk or as i sit mm-hmm. or if i go for a jog there's mm-hmm. a a type of meditation that goes on for me where I process mm-hmm. thoughts um, and move, um, move through whatever's going on. So, so what comes of that and out of the quiet and having solo time? So um, is, uh, uh, is this really interesting clarity that starts to come mm-hmm. and intuition is um, best delivered when you have a clear, a clear energy field
2: Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. and
1: so that, that's where, you know, so that's where, you know, you, you notice yourself anyway that a body gives us all the signals. So, if we're okay. intense and worked up, all um, or or we've got is in your body, up, yeah. Um, uh, tension. Yeah. So, but if, but if we don't allow ourselves to release tension in a natural way, mm-hmm. um, and if we don't allow ourselves to sort of sit and allow that adrenaline to pass through, intuition is really hard to come through. You know, so so it's literally there's there's a discipline in um, in uh, turning off, which I haven't been good at for the last month. Um, you know, I've been I'll been you tell because it's like so much going on. Yeah, um, and it's interesting because it's also the busier I get, the busy, and I hate this word busy. Yeah, um, but the more intense and practical work I do, the less creative I become. So yeah. so, so it's an interesting, but it's it's just a, it's just a part of my cycle as well. Mm-hmm. yeah so and yes, intuition intuition oh sorry, yeah, so sorry continue? Quiet, yeah it's literally about whatever form of quiet and meditation and reflection wow, and yeah. um, you know the whole thing with, with Malcolm's practice is like always about acknowledging thoughts but not mm-hmm. letting them have control so, um, so thoughts always it. Be there, but observing and um, letting them go feeling to your body and trying to let go of the physical tension that's in your body mm-hmm. um, and then sometimes for me sometimes i just write that helps um mm-hmm. in a free flow sort of format um i use post-its all the time sometimes i might have an idea i've always got a post-it note yeah. somewhere, so i'll just have something and then that that's uh, if it's a message that comes through i'm lucky that i have um well obviously malcolm uh, and also two of my really close friends of both coaches and mm-hmm. so i get to connect with them um quite frequently yeah, and yeah. so we, we get to go through and do some interesting um, things together as well. Yeah. So I'm, I'm lucky I, I have a little support. Um, uh, and also one of my best friends, she's got her own business down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we both, when we catch up, we both, both drop into that sort of uh, space that's outside of our heads and yeah, you know, into right. our yeah. more like heart space. Mm-hmm.
0: And you have always been an entrepreneur. So, um, any advice do you can you give on how we can cultivate the entrepreneurial mindset?
1: Uh, it's what, what I'm learning, and you know, I've been around for a while, is mm-hmm. um, to not be shy about asking questions because the worst thing to do in uh, setting up a business is to think that you know everything yeah. and to think that you've got a handle on everything. Um, and literally, that, that was, and I'll keep learning and unlearning it and learning it and unlearning it. Mm-hmm. Like, I was so overwhelmed yesterday. Yeah. And I realised that, oh, my God, I'm, I'm overwhelmed because I'm trying to do too much and stuff that I'm not good at. Yeah. So um, so I'm literally today after this call, I'm putting and um, talking to two of my team to really give them really specific things that they're going to be really good at that I just, it's not me, you know. So mm. um, so being okay with um,
2: asking for maybe. help
1: is really important. Yeah. Um, but Really, it's, it comes down to the most important part. Really, is why you're doing this in the first place. Yeah. You know, so why would you take on something um, because there's starting a new journey? There's so much unknown, um, mm-hmm. and you know it's it's understanding what you're doing. You've probably have done this in the UX process when mm-hmm. you off a project. Um, so what's the problem? What is like what do you want to do to solve so, it? Yeah. Who are you solving it for? Um, and also what, like what what happens how do you navigate the tough stuff what's your support when when things get tough because they do things just get tough mm-hmm. you know um yeah so so it's the you appropriate know, mindset is um are you solving a problem because um you know people make money i guess out of doing yeah. things like copycat or have been done before or, um and how are you gonna how are you gonna build support around you even if you doing it on your own you can't do it on your own it's hard mm-hmm. So, who, who's your support network? Yeah.
0: And does
1: that make sense?
0: Yeah, it makes sense. It makes total sense. Mm-hmm. And and that's the yeah. message that you want to give to other entrepreneurs out there.
1: Yeah, yeah. And don't, don't be shy asking for help. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and that, that's that's the, the thing that, that, don't be arrogant, firstly. Don't think that you know everything, um, mm-hmm. but know, know, uh, know what you're good at and what you're going to do or how you're going to supplement. Um, support around the things that you're not good at i don't know see i I don't like uh general admin or or bookkeeping but just like Um. that sort of data data. i need to read reports obviously but um but when it comes to bookkeeping and managing receipts Mm -hmm. somebody comes in uh, a couple of times a week uh, for a couple of hours and that's it yeah so that takes so much pressure off me because i don't need to do that yeah Um, yeah yeah
0: and how can we find, like, say there's some people, they don't know what they're good at. So if they don't know what they're good at, what are the steps to take in finding something that they're good at? Like what are the ways?
1: Mm. It's an interesting thing because pretty much this is what I love about the new, it's a new world and how these new economies have um, sprung up from nowhere, <clears throat> is that everybody's got something. Um, I, I would hope everybody's got something that they're mm-hmm. really passionate about That. Um, Animates them; that brings them to life. And a lot of entrepreneurs in the old world, web 2.0, will always yeah. say, "Don't do something that you're passionate about." It's got shouldn't be about passion; it should be all about business. And should be yeah. all about money. typically, it's a, it's a very male energy that one. But um, but we've seen a whole lot of uh, people emerge and doing mm. things that they just genuinely love doing. Like you know, I've got a friend who's doing makeup um, because you know, she just loves makeup. Like that's mm. it. But like, that's what she loves doing. And um, and every, every industry has something. You've seen you know, how many younger people um, have got massive followings on YouTube or TikTok mm. or uh, yeah. things like that just because they love talking about something. There's a, a, an African American woman who I follow, follow um, on uh, Instagram. And she's called the Black Forager. So she's a plant based um, eater. She just goes around the city and finds naturally growing plants. Wow. that um, are edible, and she teaches people how to, um, you know, her sayings like tummy no-no, which is don't eat this, mm-hmm. or, um, and she always signs off her videos with please don't die, um, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, with uh, eating food wow. that you find in the street. But she's, yeah. she's managed to amass an incredible following um, of oh. people just because she loves finding food in the streets, like, you know, plants that are growing mm-hmm. that most people would bypass not even know that they could eat them. So that's an example of somebody who's turned something that is She's deeply passionate about, and I guarantee you, um, she'll publish a book, and guarantee she'll have a, a, a an ongoing sponsored show um, in, in no time, because um, there's she loves it, and it's clear when she mm-hmm. presents her videos because she's um, so engaged with it, um, and she's been able to just do something and turn it into something. and And what, the other part of it is consistency. is That if you love it so much, um, just publish something every day. Even if, even if you're getting three people liking it mm-hmm, at first at some right. point, um, consistency, consistency, consistency is the thing that will, um, will, will help you take what you love uh, into something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and there's so many examples. And this is good about online as well. Is that yeah, got, that's right. There's so many opportunities to, you know, if it's a physical product that you love doing, you can easily spin up a yeah. online store through you know, Shopify or WooCommerce. And I love that how you mentioned
0: that consistency because consistency actually basically came, um, you know, even just like, say, even meditation. You can't just meditate for one or two days. You have to do it constantly in order Mm. to get the benefit. Same with working, you know, exercising. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So I think that that's that's going to be the critical part for anybody. Um, And uh, showing up every day, even if you don't feel like it. Yeah. That's the, that's the, thing that will break through because there's always going to be those days where you just don't mm-hmm. feel like something. And sometimes yeah. it it's, could be for an hour, sometimes it might be for a week, um, yeah. but the essential part is um, to show up.
0: I'd like to also um, talk about Meta Safaris that you were mentioning about it earlier. So could you explain what yeah. Meta Safaris is about and also what are the steps to take in getting involved in collecting NFTs and becoming part of the uh, Meta Safaris tribe?
1: Amazing. So thank you. Um, so it literally sprung from the endangered animals. And um, uh, so, what What it is, it's, it's effectively becoming more and more of a collective. Like, that's what it's starting to feel like. And that's what it will become. To meta Safari is um, literally our first plane to a metaverse. Um, and so, you know, Facebook did a great job for everybody last week by announcing that they're rebranding their overarching company as Meta.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: lame. It was a very lame logo, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, some of the memes are quite funny. But um, but Meta Safari itself is um, its a, a space in the metaverse. And so metaverse isn't necessarily a place. It's more of an overarching concept of um, mm-hmm. the bridging of sort of new finance, um, collectibles, community engagement,
2: mm-hmm. gaming,
1: um, stories, and all that. So metaverse itself isn't just a destination. It's an mm-hmm. overall, uh, the way I'm saying it, is an overall concept and um, a period that we're all transitioning into where we bridge um, life between the physical world and the digital world. Mm-hmm. So so that, that's what a what metaverse is. And so MetaSafari is a play in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and NFTs are kind of the enabler. That's the first entry point is to um, purchase an NFT to get into it. And so it's still early days and mm-hmm. we're, we're still working on the overall um, strategy and so interesting, so many interesting models are coming through now. Um, and the, the idea is that uh, we're, we're solving problems, whether it's planet or, um, or human challenges, mm-hmm. through different tribes or through different brands. So AltSense is the first one, and that's endangered animals. Um, and, you know, with, with the cereals, in the real world, we're putting 1% of revenue towards uh, supporting environmental organisations. doesn't sound like a lot, but for physical product, it is.
2: Beautiful. Um, AltSense.
1: Yeah. But for, for NFTs, we're actually donating 88% of the revenue from NFC wow. sales uh, for the animals to support environmental. So it's pretty bold. Mm. Um, so we're relaunching it. I think probably next week we'll relaunch it because I've kind of like, jumped into it and it was just I wasn't prepared. And it comes back down to being prepared and knowing what you're doing um, to a degree. Um, and then the Dino Dino one, which is the kids cereal brand, uh, launched that one with a partner last week. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, so that's starting to get a bit of interesting uh, energy around it Um, so those two the dinosaurs messages don't let animals become endangered Mm -hmm. uh, extinct rather Um, and their job in the gaming which is what we're we're starting to concept now is that they've got to become the guardians of endangered animals right yeah yeah so so they have to protect endangered animals from becoming extinct Um, and the gaming plays really interesting because we're going to launch a whole series of tribes or brands yeah. Um, and with, uh, with every launch, there's going to be challenges that community have to solve. And then um, the prizes are when they find. We're, so we're, we're going to launch a few endangered animals to sell. Uh-huh. That's basically going to fund the process um, uh, to get us started. But then as the game starts to evolve, we'll drop endangered animals into mm-hmm. the game and you've got to find them. Um, but you have to return the endangered animal back to its origins. So there's okay. a whole lot of exploration in the Meta safari, So you've got to navigate through the Meta safari, mm-hmm. and you can't do it on your own. So you have to team team up with other yeah, community members. Tribe. Yeah, so, okay. Um, yeah, so Are there royalties? That, that's just, be, be your Are
0: you offering like royalties and stuff? or?
1: That will become part of the model. So okay. um, I don't know if you've heard much about um, these, this new sort of form of company called... Decentralized autonomous organization, yeah. I wanted to ask so as well typical, are you doing the
0: decentralized uh-huh. or centralized?
1: Yeah, so that, that's our right now, it has to be centralized because you know we're, we're only starting up, but as we evolve and um, we're already looking into it, what, what does a DAO or you know, decentralized autonomous organization look like? Um, mm-hmm. for us, and so I'm putting some questions. on. actually that's really quite a big um uh explainer about Meta Safari uh-huh. to the community on, on Discord. And there's a lot of questions around it, like around token design,
2: mm-hmm. which
1: effectively becomes inco- income for, um, for, the, for the DAO, for the um, organisation and also for participants. So through that, so there's a new brand which we'll launch probably like this year called Momon Yeti and it's all monsters um, mm-hmm. and mythical creatures and they're so cute. They're so mm-hmm. cute. Uh, but they're retelling stories of their past. So the, the meaning of that one is that your past doesn't dictate your future. So mm-hmm. these monsters are going to retell the story the way they want. Um, so they want to tell their own story, not the traditional family stories or mm-hmm. culture stories. So, um, so, yeah, so that that is an interesting thing because there's a whole content strategy that will go behind that. And so yeah. when it comes to royalties, the more people participate and mm-hmm. contribute to content, yeah. the more likely they are to be earning from that. So it's early days, yeah, but, uh, but we're going to involve uh, the community in that creation process of yeah, the tokens and the DAOs. Yeah, because there's, again, there's complications in Australia. Like Australia's, like most governments, um, yeah. are, are still thinking in um, ways, laws that were written last century. You know, so we've got a, little, a lot of navigating to do before we can actually do a lot of the things that we'd love to do.
0: Yeah. Are they able to yeah. flip
1: it as well? Or? Mm, yeah, yeah, so that, that's up to them. But like, They can do it now if they wanted to, but yeah, the okay. to people who've been buying is like, don't, don't do it yet, just hang on mm-hmm. because... Um, as we start to unveil the different parts of this meta safari and start to bring some interesting collaborations and partnerships in Mm -hmm. um, what, what will emerge is something more than what they're expecting, and yeah. um, so if you, if you get a chance, join the Discord, and I'll be sharing. I, I
0: have uh, already joined the Discord away. already. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Ah, <laughs> I've been looking ah, into it. I'm, I'm actually
0: so impressed with like all the work that you've done, and I've already joined the Discord channels. Yeah.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because yeah. um, that, that that will be today. That will be a um, an interesting uh, reaction, though, because we we've been. I've been getting a lot of um, advice and also criticism is that we're, we're really quite. And mm-hmm. so this is new to me. Like running a Discord channel is so new. Yeah. Um, so I didn't. I didn't anticipate what was involved. It's
0: just new for um, everyone. It's just like there's a lot mm. to learn from and like all this information just yeah. to you know absorb and gather. It's
1: just oh yeah. God. Totally, totally, totally. And and so you know, so I've, I've got to be a little bit easier on myself, but also meet the community with what they need, and they, um, yeah, you know, they're, they're demanding that I and More visible, more present because uh, right mm-hmm. now I'm um, using a, a pseudonym which is Akira Garcia, which is also my music name. Um, that be mm-hmm. launching something later on. Um, but uh, but the advice I've been getting is that people aren't trusting anyone who's anonymous, so I've got to become more visible. Um, mm, so yeah, that, uh, so which I'm gonna, I'm effectively gonna out myself today and um, in the Discord say, Hey, I'm Shabba, yeah, is, I am real. Um, i I do have some credibility in the in doing stuff before uh, this, so mm-hmm. so I'm hoping that um, I can uh, build a real connection with them yeah, uh, of through course. through Discord. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, so so the NFTs are really uh, an important entry point because what I don't know that people quite most people look at NFTs is an ability to flip and make quick money. Yeah, but what an NFT is also going to represent is part ownership in in the big picture. So To mm-hmm. have an NFT because we've got such a big um, strategy behind it, uh, it's not you just owning the NFT as a thing that you can flip, which you can, you know, yeah, that, that's, yeah, it's an individual asset in itself, but it literally becomes a ticket to part ownership of yeah. the
0: whole because it's so, like basically depends so that, on the roadmap of the company as well. So, as the company sorry. gets bigger, you become the part owner of the mm-hmm. organization,
1: yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, you know, so it's it's pretty cool. Like it's actually really really cool. Yeah, so where we're, we're going to go, and um, it's ambitious. You know, and if mm-hmm. it works, it's going to be great. And we're pretty confident. Everyone's you know, and we're, as people start to see what the pieces are, um, mm-hmm. and I've been kind of deliberate, which is you know, not trying to reveal too much, but. Um, but now it's time I'll just flood people with information. So, so hey, dude, you know I'm literally showing you my underwear now. Um, yeah. come and play. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'd like to own oh, I'm gonna oh, one of those. I'm gonna get one of those actually.
1: Oh thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah so they're, 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 we'll reboot the um the endangered animals and um I'm guess I'm feeling next week will be a good time um, mm. and get some a bit of PR behind that.
0: Yeah, amazing. So
1: yes, yeah, so I'm learning a lot. So there's that's back to your question about the entrepreneurial journey. There's like, be prepared to learn because if you don't, if you think you know yourself, you don't. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and you'll 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 really really start to um, uh, uh, reveal more and more ways of of uh, who you are and and what your tension points are.
0: Mm. And I know your time is precious, so I normally end the uh, podcast with three questions. So the first one is, share me one truth about you that only you know.
1: Oh, it's funny. Okay, so my parents probably don't remember, but maybe they do. When I was a kid, they and I wish I still had this cassette tape. My dad asked everybody in the family, um, and including relatives, what we wanted to be when we grew up. Maybe, Maybe it was my uncle. And I said, and I had a really severe list, which was part of my shyness as well, because I had a really, really severe list by that. Um, and I said, I want to be a rock star, and that was that was it for me as a kid. So I doubt mm-hmm. that anybody would remember that because that was a little while ago. And funnily enough, um, uh, you know, my my either identity, Akira Garcia, has been making music, so it's finally come to know. Mm-hmm. So maybe my maybe I will be um, releasing some music yeah. soon. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not very big but there's but there's i was thinking about that the other day
0: yeah and um what does it mean to you to live a conscious lifestyle
1: so yeah i've got three core values that this is literally my how i um uh, live life is first one is um put the oxygen mask on yourself before assisting other passengers mm. so that that literally comes from when you tra- travel um there's a reason for it that if you know when if the plane is in trouble if you're not if you haven't put oxygen on yourself, you can't actually help anybody next to you. Um, so so it's, it's to be selfish, to be selfless. That's, that, that's where that value comes from. You literally have to look after your body and mind um, and soul mm-hmm. through this. So another bit is um, aligning with a community, which is you know, your family, um, chosen, your blood family, chosen family, um, which is you know, friends and, and obviously partnership becomes family. So it's, it's about living an authentic aligned life with them. Mm, uh, yeah. you know, values aligned. And then the other thing for me is living and doing things with meaning. So with purpose and on purpose, which comes down, down to my work. Um, so yeah. my, my work is literally rich with purpose and um, as much as I can, I do things uh on purpose, like you know, really trying to get some structure. I'm really sloppy. You should see all my notes everywhere, but but um, but I do have form around that. So, mm-hmm. and having that sort of creating structure is really essential to being able to um, methodically work through things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that's that's kind of it. Like literally for me, like the conscious life is uh, being present, which yeah. is comes down to looking after yourself. That's yeah, mind, of course, body, soul. Yeah. Itself. yeah. So what we eat, um, you know, do we exercise? Um, and to me, I, I, you know, I have a couple of drinks, um, a few drinks mm-hmm. a week, but um, but not. I don't get wasted anymore. You know, that was yeah, that yeah, was quite you know, it's, especially in, in a lot of Western countries, it's quite a common thing to yeah. get so wasted. Yeah, um, so that don't do that anymore. Nothing mm-hmm. doesn't drink, so that makes it easier. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and
1: so. So, yeah, so that, that's, that's, does that answer that one? Brian? Yeah,
0: of course, that does answer. Mm-hmm. And what impact do you want to leave on this world? Uh,
1: for me, it's literally, it's, uh, I hope it doesn't sound like a cliche, but the, the world's a mess in a lot of ways. It's, in a lot of ways, it's not, but the world is quite messy. And mm-hmm. the impact um, on on to leave on this world is uh, both people and planet. I want to leave something with people that they feel like they've got the ability to do something positive. Um, mm-hmm. That whole ripple effect, that if I, if I can put a, a positive um, spin into somebody's life, mm-hmm. uh, that they can go outwards again. And um, I know it's just like tidying up this planet and hoping that yeah. whatever restoration we can do now um, uh, is ongoing restoration. And so this is where it comes back down to the Tao, where mm-hmm. the, the Tao becomes this thing that can live way beyond me. Mm, uh, if we yeah. set it up properly and set up a fund in that thing where where um, it it can actually make its own income and do yeah. the things that it's going to be set up to do, which is um, people and planet. Yeah. All right.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening. And I hope you're leaving feeling inspired to be your best authentic self.